Hey guys, and welcome back to Three Shows in a Book. I'm Shiloh. And I'm Liz. And today we're going to be reviewing The Best Christmas Pageant Ever, written by Barbara Robinson in 1972, Correct. I believe. Correct. Yes. Oh, thank you. Do I get a cookie? Because I was right. Oh my gosh. You get so much. Oh, yay. I get wine is what I get. Exactly. What are Tonight we are, and it actually is night this time, unlike yeah. our 10 a.m. <laughs> 931. Yes. Mm. Um, this evening we are going to be reviewing Send Send Nudes, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, there's not a fun description, which I'm a little sad at, but it is a California 2020 Pinot Noir. Uh, and it is vined and bottled by Slow Down Wines in Napa, California. Aww. It's so fun. The, the bottle's, bottle's amazing. Funny. Yeah, it's got a little sticker on it that says, Call me when you want more. Brandon, and it has a phone number. And then the, um, the cork has lips on it. That's pretty cute. We verified there was a cork this time. Yeah, yeah, we actually checked that out before I uh, tried to open it. <laughs> there's no foil, so it's easy to see that there's a cork note to winemakers all right (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's do this crack it and go okay all right let's make this happen that was kind of a weak that was sad i didn't like the way that sounded i didn't either all right but let's do some nice pouring and I'm kind of interested in seeing what this one tastes like because there's no description on the bottle, like it, none whatsoever. Yeah. It, ooh, it smells very whiny. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about this. Oh, it tastes good. Does it? Mm-hmm. She licked the bottle, guys. <laughs> Just, oh, she did it again. That was, Jesus, she's about to deep throat it. Alcohol abuse is not acceptable in this household. <laughs> All right, well. Cheers. I mean, it won't, it'll just chunk mm. at this point. It is very whiny. Oh, God. Wow. That tastes just like wine. (laughs) So, um, little backstory. (coughs) I asked um, a guy at our local jungle, and if you don't know what that is, you're not from Ohio. And um, he said that, you know, I gave him the backstory of what we were doing, and he's like, oh, I host the podcast here for the grocery (laughs) store. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, Super cool guy. Can't remember his name. I don't even think I got his name. Um, no, but just look up the Jungle Gym's wine podcast and we'll find it. I think so. So he gave me this recommendation after I told him what book we were reading. So this is somebody else's inappropriate mind. What the hell? Who is calling us? No one ever calls us. It's a landline, this people. This is stupid. What the hell? So side note, Shiloh has a landline. I do because I have a child that does not yet have a cell phone. So we have a landline just in case. Here. And apologies for the call because nobody fucking ever calls us on the landline because nobody has the number for the landline except us. You're a better person than I am when my kid was not old enough to have a cell phone but old enough to stay home. We just left the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he well, just I'm, sat home. I'm paranoid. Had there been an emergency, <clears throat> we have plenty of stay-at-home moms in the neighborhood he could have run to <laughs> <laughs> and hoped that they hadn't gone grocery shopping yet. Um, so anyways, yes, this wine is a recommendation from that gentleman at the store and, um, he was quite fun to talk to. I can't wait to check out his podcast. 
Yeah, she's probably gonna she's gonna leave me, you guys, and go podcast with him. She already said she was replacing me, <laughs> so this will be my last episode. Yes, I get to pick all the movies again. <laughs> yep, you already oh, picked all the movies for January. I never picked all the movies in any other month. This will be the first month. January will be the first month that all the movies are true Liz movies. So October was you. Yeah. November was you. November was both of us. Oh yeah, what movie did I pick in November? You picked Fear of Rain and you picked Oh, I did. Because the... your other two ones were like from like 1900 <laughs> oh, as the kids you. say. <laughs> the Devil All the Time. That's the other one you picked. They were good movies. <laughs> the really? Devil All the Time not so much, but <laughs> Fear of Rain, Fear was, of Rain was, was really good at that. <laughs> yeah. And then December uh All Shiloh. No. Even I, the book. Yes. The book. 100%. Well, all the books I picked one fucking well, no. movie and you were like, mm, I don't really want to watch this lesbian Christmas, Christmas movie. Party I did not. No, I that did not. That was a group one. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Because no, I was like, wasn't. what about Office Christmas Party? And you're like, yeah, I love that movie. Because Let's I'm such one. an agreeable person. I'm Ugh. like, you suggest it and I don't even research. You're just like, how about this? And I'm like, sure, buddy. Let's do it. Maybe you should have learned your I'm lesson I'm trying to grow exports. some balls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's kind of what turned it around for me. And I was just like, and then the Christmas thing happened where we watched that damn kids movie. I can't even remember. Noel. Spelled Noelle, incorrectly. Which I watched and- <laughs> today. That's how you spell it if it's a girl's name. Well, Noelle, I think of Christmas it's a girl with and Noelle, it's her name. And all I can think of is N-O-E-L. Noel, Noel. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Back to the book. So the best Christmas pageant ever. <laughs> this is a book, uh, like, it's very, very short. I would honestly call this um, more of a novella or a short story than, a, like, a book. This is not a novel. And I'm assuming that it's probably more of a kid's book, too. It is definitely a kid's book. I did some minor research on this one. <laughs> and um, I had never read it before. And I was like, what classroom are we reading this in? And it's mainly, you know, Christian faith-based mm-hmm. teachers that yeah. provide that to their students. And I understand why. When mm-hmm. I got to the end, I was um, totally different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But, you know, it was a good read. Um, yeah. I felt like it was very sweet. It was. Yeah. And and if any kids need Jesus, it's the Herdman kids. <laughs> They're god-awful. So <clears throat> I'm going to read the first, like, two paragraphs. Which I totally died over. Right. Like, yeah, it hooked they're me. they're so funny. The Herdmans were absolutely the worst kids in the history of the world. They lied and stole and smoked cigars, even the girls, and talk dirty, and hit little kids, and cuss their teachers, and tip the name of the Lord in vain, and set fire to Fred Shoemaker's old broken-down toolhouse. The toolhouse burned right down to the ground, and I think that surprised the Herdmans. They set fire to things all the time, but that was the first time they managed to burn down a whole building. I know. It's an amazing, <laughs> like, way to enter the book. And I remember I had started reading the book before Shiloh did, but this is not her first time reading it. It is. This oh, is my was first, it time your first time reading, reading it? it. Yes. Oh. I have, um, the, so this was a, an ABC television Christmas special back in the day. Oh, I've never and seen it. I watched it. Um, actually, Jeremy, it's more of a tradition with him, but he watched it at some point and he you know was like hey let's watch this it's the only place you can find it is on youtube but they have the whole thing on youtube Hmm. and so i had only ever watched it i hadn't actually read it 
but you know us we've got books all over the place and i was like i think we should read this and jeremy was like oh well here it is we have a copy <laughs> oh sweet okay well i honestly when i started reading it and i i was just dying with that first that intro right there of you know how they and it goes on to talk about like how they set the fire and i found that to be extremely comical like yeah. they were checking to see if the chemicals were actually legit <laughs> yeah. like they were gonna they were yeah. working it's you well know, i mean it, it we're gonna put funny. them all together and yeah they, light them on fire <laughs> what they did is they were playing with a chemistry set that they stole that they stole from the hardware store in fred shoemaker's shed and they decided to mix all of the chemical powders together and then put lighter fluid on them. So, yeah, they're going to burn. You put lighter fluid on them and set them on fire. Eh, they'll burn. What I also loved is that they're not afraid of committing their crimes. No. Like, they're just totally like, yeah, you know us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, it, and it's funny because they were mad that they, that the chemistry set burned up. Like, yes. that was their concern. It wasn't that they burned down the building and broke the law and anything else. It was they burned up the chemistry set and now they can't play with it anymore. And I love the thought of the neighbors where they're thinking, like, had it had they known that yeah. the neighbors were right? believed that it was that building that burned down, they right. would have gone after a church. Yeah. They'd been, fr they'd been telling Fred that he needed to do something about his shed for a while. So the Herdmans actually did him a favor. But nobody was going to tell him that because that would just cause more trouble. I wrote down <clears throat> feral kids. Pretty much, yeah. Like, those were the notes that I wrote just because you you read this opening in the book and you, you see how they live and, you know, dad is gone. Dad is gone. Uh, there are six kids, Ralph, Imogene, Leroy, Leroy Claude, Claude, Ollie, and Gladys. Who is the meanest. Who is the meanest but and also the youngest. The youngest. Yes. yes. Um, and they have a mom that works two shifts at the shoe factory and... They tried to get her some welfare, so she only had to work one shift, and she said, nope, she was fine working. She didn't want to just work one shift, so even she doesn't want to be around these kids. Yep. They live above the garage, above a garage, um, that nobody uses, and apparently they bang the door up and down just as fast as they could to try and squash one another, and they have a cat that is... They bring the show and tell. Well, yeah, Claude bring it? Claude, yeah, Claude brought grade. it in first grade and emptied out the first grade classroom in three minutes flat. And then he's all innocent like, well, you said to leave the classroom. <laughs> After the teacher destroys the room trying to catch the cat, and she, she's like, why didn't you come in and get your cat? He's like, y you said to leave. Mm. As if he Hard ever listened to rule, anything. No more live animals in the classroom. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, the cat, the description is that it was the meanest-looking animal I ever saw. It had one short leg and a broken tail and one missing eye, and the mailman wouldn't deliver anything to the Herdmans because of it. It's awful. It's not a nice cat. So, sometimes the mom walks it around the block on a chain. <laughs> so, we get a really clear picture in the first... In the first, like, eight paragraphs, it's, like, a super clear picture of what these kids are normally like on an everyday basis and um you know they're they're bullies mm -hmm. they are not ashamed to be without a father they're not ashamed to be poor they're not ashamed they're not about ashamed anything. of it yeah they're yeah they're not ashamed they of just anything. own it 
And there's one part where, you know, kids were yelling at them, like, your father's in jail. Well, they don't really know where their father is. Yeah. So he that's not railroad. Just, yeah, that's he not just railroad train and they don't care. They're like, exactly. yeah, he might be. We don't know. So, yeah. Imogene um, is my favorite. Yeah, she's kind of the main herdman that you hear about in the story. The narrator, <clears throat> they don't ever say her name, do they? No, she's just known her her whole life, essentially. And yeah. her mom is, well, we'll get into that. But, yeah. Um, I really... Yeah. So the narrator is in the same grade with Imogene. Um, and... She said you just pretty much tried to steer clear of her. But she's already, Imogene is already pretty much an experienced blackmailer. Um, she <laughs> waits outside of the nurse's office yes, to listen so for is... the kids' weights <laughs> and then blackmails them according to their poundage. Yes. I yeah, loved it. So apparently back then, twice a year, you'd have to excuse me, go to the health room to get weighed and measured. And Imogene would always figure out a way to sneak around and find out what everybody weighed. Is and it then Imogene? She would, Imogene, Imogene. Imogene. I don't, I'm going to say it both ways because okay. I'm just going to hedge my bets. It's okay. whatever comes out of my mouth at any given moment. That's the one moment. thing I can't stand about books is like you read their names totally differently and yeah. then they make a movie and you're like, wait a minute. I had a... <sighs> I'm pretty sure it's Imogene. But... I think you're right. I think it is Imogene. Um... Although probably with these people, it'd be I'm a Jean. <laughs> this here's I'm a Jean Herdman. Are from they from them. Kentucky? <laughs> Are they from the Hollas? I don't know where they're from. I don't know where this book takes place, actually. But And I what time? Because honestly, sometimes I feel like it's like the early 50s, late 40s. Yeah. Well, maybe. And maybe sometimes early, I think it's 50s. like. Yeah, no, sometimes I, I. Like in some spots, I feel like. It's like the 60s and 70s. Yeah. You know, where she's wearing her large hoop gold earrings. Mm -hmm. Like, that to me screams 60s, 70s. Right, yeah. So, you, you kind of don't know what time it is. Um, anywho, so she stands outside of the nurse's office while they're getting weighed and makes up any excuse to kind of just stay there. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part about that is when she finds out about Albert He's going to fat camp. Yes, yeah. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to Disneyland with my uncle. And she's like, no, nurse wrote it in your paper. You're going to fat camp. That's hilarious. And Wanda Pierce with her, yep. chi with her charm bracelet. She's her fat and bracelet. rich. Yep. And each of the charms do something different. The piano keys make a little noise. noise and, yeah. And the wheels turned. And yeah, look at my new charm. It costs $6.95 without the tax. That's the part that cracked me up. Without the tax. Well, woo, Lottie. I loved when they described Floyd Brush and that she was getting 10 cents a week from yes. him until, <laughs> until he, he got, got double sick. pneumonia yes. and lost 15 pounds and didn't yes. care. <laughs> yes. So she's just, uh, yeah, she's, Imogene's just, she's amazing. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, she's still in grade school. They don't, I don't know that they specifically say what grade so they're Ralph in is at this the point. oldest. Ralph and Imogene are the oldest, mm -hmm. but Claude and Ollie are the same age because they're both in first grade is what I'm gathering. From no, the no, they, the book. no, they, they are not in the same grade because that was the point that they made. Oh. That they would pass kids no matter, they, they would pass the Herdmans no matter what because no teacher wanted to get stuck with two Herdmans in the same Wait, class. but I thought Claude was in first grade, and then I thought Ollie was also in first grade. Mm -mm. No, um, let me see. Because when um, 
when Imogene was asked, like, what are you doing over here? And she's like, well, Ollie has red spots all over him. Well, where's Ollie? Oh, he's with the first graders. Yeah, no. Um, when it came time for Claude to pass to the second grade, he didn't know his ABCs or his numbers or his colors uh. or his shapes or his three bears or how to get along with anybody, but Miss Brandle passed him anyway. For one thing, she knew she'd have Ollie Herdman the next year. There you go. Okay. That was the thing about the Herdmans. There was always another one coming along, and no teacher was crazy enough to let herself in for two of them at once. So then I must have written that. <clears throat> I down feel wrong. like they're I feel like they're pretty much stair stepped. Yeah. So Well they each talk they talk about how they each take care of, of one another. So Ralph looks after Imogene, Imogene looks after Leroy, Leroy looks after Claude, Claude looks after Ollie, and Ollie looks after Gladys, and Gladys yeah. pretty much is the worst. Is the worst. <laughs> She's the worst of the bunch. <clears throat> yeah, so then Imogene finds out about Alice and that that she had gotten lice over the summer. Yes. And then starts calling her, like, hitting cootie. her face and or, hitting, hitting her, her in head. the head and saying it was a cootie. cootie. She's catching a cootie. Uh, a Alice Wendelkin. So nasty clean that she had detergent hands by the time she was four years old. But she got lice at summer camp and Imogene never let her forget it. <clears throat> Alice is awful. What? Well, I- yeah, and I love what, what happens here when the principal steps in between Alice and Imogene. And she's like, I had to hit her. And the the principal was like, well, why'd you have to hit her? And she was like, well, she's got cooties. And then yeah, the Alice is like, like, I don't have anything in my hair anymore. Like, I swear, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the principal, like, freaks out. Like, what? When did you have them? Was it recent? Yeah. Go to the nurse. But they never say lice. They they only call it cooties. Do they say lice? Yeah. I don't remember. She picked okay. up a case of head lice when she was at summer camp. There you but go. But then after that, they just call them cooties. He didn't want a whole school full of kids with cooties. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was like. Wait a minute. Why doesn't it just say lice? Yeah. Well, because, you know. Um, and it also says see. that Imogene, if she didn't have anything on you, she would just make, make it up. something up. Yep. yep. Yeah, she's rough. Um... <clears throat> So, chapter two. This is how quick it goes. Yeah, this is it. That was pretty much the whole first chapter. So, then there's the Christmas pageant. This is where we get into the Christmas pageant. We learn about it. Yep. Which is that... um, The narrators. The narrator and her little brother, Charlie, Mm -hmm. always have to be in it. Mom makes him be in it. And dad never wants to go and see it, but she makes dad go and see it. And I love the way he, in this particular one, is like, okay, the only reason I'm going is because my robe is going to yeah. be in it. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen this year. He's like, every year. And he says, same. I've seen the Christmas pageant. And she's like, you haven't seen this year's. Charlie's a shepherd. He's like, nah, he's always a shepherd. Charlie was a shepherd last year. No, you go ahead. I'm going to sit on my, put on my bathrobe and just sit by the fire and relax. There's never anything different about the Christmas pageant. And Mom's like, yeah, this this year it's different. Charlie's wearing your bathrobe. So he so went he to went. see his bathrobe. <clears throat> he always went, but it was always a struggle. So then you find out that Mrs. Armstrong, Helen Armstrong, who runs the pageant, has broken her leg. And I love her quote there where she's like, don't let those children tear up my privet head or whatever hedge. Hedge, yeah, privet yeah. hedge yeah she's she's like the neighborhood bossy boots or probably the town bossy boots so she's in charge of like everything everything the christmas pageant the and the potluck the potluck the and the ladies aid, aid. the yeah. bazaar everything 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 
<clears throat> so after they dull out all the responsibilities because everybody's in a mad panic that you know helen is not going to be organizing any of these events yeah. so these are the remaining events that are coming up that we think are going to be in need of somebody to lead them and everybody takes on like the bazaar is gone the potluck is gone the only thing that's left is the, the christmas, christmas pageant. pageant and so the narrator's mom they just call her mother throughout yep. the book gets stuck with, with the, the pageant pageant and she's like panicking Ugh. I could have run the potluck with my eyes closed. Right? I just have to make sure people don't all bring meatloaf. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. And I feel like this book really has a lot of good um, imagery for children. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're reading it, you know, it's... I, I, I don't like kids' movies, but I felt like this book is a very mature kids' book. Mm -hmm. And it just really made sense. I'm going to steal one of these. Yeah. These are my fave. We got some chocolate Twizzlers up in here, so. Yeah. And it's nighttime, and we're drinking wine. Chocolate and... Twizzlers and wine. We're so bougie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Send nudes wine. The Twizzlers is in a glass jar. No. Oh, no. Yeah, my mother-in-law mm. repackaged. She bought those and didn't want them, so she stuck them in a nest tea jar and hmm. gave them to us. Fancy. Nobody but us would eat them. And so, we've eaten almost the whole thing in like two days. It's delicious. <laughs> These are my favorite. Yep. So now that mother gets stuck with the pageant, she is, oh, by the way, there's something in the book and it says not what you would call a four-star entertainment. Yeah. Event. Right. I thought that was hysterical. And they said the only thing that ever changed about it was Mrs. Armstrong breaking her leg. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it was all the same. Oh, my goodness. So, um... Then everybody, you know, then there's kind of like a little digression um, talking about Sunday school and how the little kids, like once a month they have the kids come up and mm -hmm. talk about what they're learning in Sunday school. And one one month the teacher tried to be creative and she wanted the kids to write down what they liked or draw a picture of what they liked about Sunday school. And, you Charles. know, everybody said all the, oh, the songs, the nice feelings I get when I go, blah, blah, blah. And Charlie, the little brother, what stood like up best. and said, what I like best is there aren't any herdmans here because mm -hmm. they don't go to church. I wrote that down. <clears throat> and his dad, or his mom said, or dad said, not a very Christian statement or sentiment. But mom said. <laughs> Maybe not, but it's a very practical one. Because mm -hmm. he sat next to Leroy Herdman and was constantly bruised up blue. from mm -hmm. Leroy picking on him. And then it says in the end it was Charlie's fault that the herdsmen, herdmen showed up in church because Leroy Herdman was stealing Charlie's dessert out of his lunchbox. So finally Charlie just got fed up and was like, fine, take it. I don't care. I get all I want in, in Sunday school. And so then he has to make up. He says ice cream donuts and popcorn balls from the minister. From I was like, minister, what yeah. minister is this? Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate cake and candy bars and cookies and Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. You're a liar, Leroy said. Leroy was what? Right. We got jelly beans at Easter and punching cookies on Children's Day, and that was it. So Charlie got caught in a lie because the next Sunday, here come the Herdmans looking for the refreshments. So, but before um, that, I, I wanted to go into this because I feel like it's important. When Mrs. Armstrong calls mother and <clears throat> explains how the 
event works and you know they're talking about how it's broken down like the primary kids are angels intermediate kids are shepherds big boys are wise men and the pastor's son is always joseph that's what elmore hopkins elmer hopkins yeah and alice is always mary because she's neat clean and holy looking yes most of all holy looking yes she acts like she's Fuck yeah, she does. She's a snooty little bitch. She's a twat. The whole time, I'm like, I, I, I really wish Imogene would just knock you upside the head. Yeah. Mm, Can yeah. she just beat the shit out of you already? Yeah. Because... Let's just throw down with Imogene and, and Imogene and we'll... Imogene. Imogene. I... I so next Sunday... <coughs> Excuse me. Lo and behold, there they go, rolling up into Sunday school looking for refreshments, <laughs> which they did not find. But they walked away with some good money from yeah, the collection they plate. Yeah, stole money from the collection plate, so they did make a little little bit of cash. And at that at that class that they went to, um, they learned about the pageant. Yeah, there was the announcements for the Christmas pageant. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, "What's this all about?" Um, and then we go into explaining a little bit more about the pageant and mm-hmm. just kind of like going through. Yep. And they talk about, uh, they say that the Herdmans were big moviegoers, which I found but really funny. But they didn't pay. Yes, though they never pay their own way. One mm-hmm. or two of them start a fight at the box office of the theater while the others slip in. They get their popcorn the same way, and then they spread out all over the place so the manager can never find them all before the picture's over. <laughs> These kids down, are amazing. They're smart. Yeah, I mean, they're very street smart. They're just lacking in guidance, which is what this book kind of identifies. Yeah. Chapter three. Chapter three. See, we're moving right along. Yeah, this is fast. Well, I mean, it's only, my book anyway is only 80 pages. I read it. I got the same one from Amazon. I read it in like 45 minutes, so, you know. <laughs> took, took me like three days because, you know, I didn't sit down and read it all. <laughs> I had like shit going on and I'm like, well, gotta stop here. Gotta stop here. And I must say, easy to pick back up. Yeah, you're for not, real. Yeah. You're not missing a whole lot. Um... Or it's not hard to remember. Yeah. It's what it's a happened. fairly basic plot. Very memorable. So this is Mrs. Armstrong from the hospital, you know, just kind of really taking control of the Christmas pageant. From her hospital bed, which this this tells you how long ago this book takes, pl- takes place that Miss Armstrong is in the hospital with for like leg. days I know. with a broken leg. She's in traction. They mentioned that she's in traction at one point. Like, nowadays, they just slap a cast on you, and you're out the door in 20 minutes. Yep. And then your cast comes off in three weeks, and you're good. It's true. So, she goes on, and she's like, here's what I do. Everything is, here's <laughs> yeah. what I do. Do what I do. Exactly. Here's what I do. And Emulate me. Fucking Helen. Mm. She's ridiculous. Um, I kind of like her character, but at the same time, I don't. So then, she's one of those women women that just drive you batshit. Yeah. But I find it funny, like, a lot of times in this book when they introduce a new character, a female character, like, when they first introduce Mrs. Armstrong, they call her, the narrator calls her Mrs. George Armstrong. By the husband's name. Yes. yes I noticed that, too. And we only find out that it's Helen Through later the women on. talking about yes. her. Yes. yes. Yep. 
Helen always gets everything together. And that's right. Yeah, that's how, I mean, I kind of went back. Like, if you look at my notes, I put Mrs. Armstrong because I was like, I am not making her Mrs. George Armstrong yeah, in my notes. Shit. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Her name is not George Armstrong. That's right. She's that's not why, an accessory to him. Exactly. But that's why I get confused with the time frame of this book. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, clearly that's like a 40s, 50s, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's very old school. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then... She always calls it dinner time, and she always talks forever. Please don't let me interrupt your dinner, but interrupts anyway. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> she needs to interrupt, and uh, Dad is bitching about he hasn't had a square meal in three days, and mm-hmm. you know, because she keeps getting interrupted when she's trying to to do everything. So the next day, after she's hung up with, <laughs> it didn't take twenty four hours, but she was on forever, and then she finally says, "Oh, somebody's at the door. Gotta go. Bye." Hangs up, and the next day... The Which, by the way, it's Dad at the door ringing the doorbell just to get, get her, her off, off the phone. phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <clears throat> um, That's a good husband right there. It's a great husband. <laughs> so uh, then, you know, um, all of the Herdmans show up to the first rehearsal, which really well, is yeah, just an audition. Yeah, it's not a rehearsal. It's, it's like a... It's, it's not audition. even an audition. It's like a introduction a meeting just a yeah an introductory meeting kind of thing to to pick who's gonna be who but nobody auditions you just go oh hey i want to be mary and they're like okay you're more than one person wants to be mary then they kind of like vote on it yeah so but nobody raised their hands except for imogene for the part of mary yeah ralph for the part of joseph um leroy claude and ollie as the wise men and of course Gladys, Gladys as, as the, the angel, angel of the Lord. Yep. I know. I was like. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Hilarious. So it just goes on. Um, you learn later on that Imogene did intimidate Alice for the part of Mary. Yes. By telling her that she was going to stick a, a pussy willow, a pussy willow in her, so, so deep in her, in her ear that it would grow a bush. And yes. she'd live the rest of her life with a pussy willow bush out her ear. Which I thought was hilarious. Which was hilarious, but apparently that happened, happened to... before to with, somebody else. Was it Claude? I think it was Claude. Um, I don't remember who it, it happened to. I just remember Anyway, yeah, but one of the Herdman kids. Yes. Let's see. No, it was Ollie. Ollie did it. Ollie did it. So, yeah, he got a bad earache at school, and the nurse looked in his ear and was like, there's something growing in there! And it turned out to be a pussy willow was actually growing in his ear. his ears. Yep. I'm like, oh my god, can you imagine? That had to hurt so bad. So, at this point, the news is spreading. Yes. Everybody's finding out that these... The Herdmans are the Feral children are going to fucking ruin their tradition of this amazing christmas pageant which isn't even that amazing but it's their tradition exactly so and of course this is like a pageant so there's not it's not a play there's not a lot of speaking there's the angel choir sings and the only one that says anything is the angel angel who says you know unto thee a child is born or whatever (laughs) yeah you said it just the way Gladys said it. Well, not quite. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so then they start doing rehearsals, and rehearsals tend to be kind of just a cluster. Um, because the first one of the Herdmans. The Herdmans are 10 minutes late. Right. Yeah, they roll up 10 minutes late. But after that, they're pretty much mm-hmm. on time. Yep. And 
I give credit to mother because, you know, she gives them the full story. These kids have never gone to church yeah, before. That's... They have no clue. And all the other kids are just like, oh, God, not again. Yes. And honestly, reading this book, I had I never really gave too much thought to the actual Christmas story. Like, I didn't realize that there was, all, there was like, a guy who wanted to kill baby yeah, Jesus. Herod. Like, I had no idea. Yep. I Googled afterwards. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Potential real, facts. Huh? Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I learned some stuff. And, and we, we went to church, but I guess I never too much you never paid attention i was there for the snacks (laughs) (laughs) she was there for the free wine guys i mean we didn't have wine we weren't catholic we we had um what we had was fruit punch with sprite ew yes so they would put a big bowl in the center and please let me know if anybody else has heard of this but what religion is this it's Christianity. I went to a... Um, like a non-denominational It was a Christian? non-denominational... Yes, exactly. That is wackadoo. I've never and heard that. It's the same church I got married at. And oh, my God. It was fantastic because I remember we would all... And I was part of the bell choir. Oh, my God. I loved bell choir. Well, that would be cool. And... Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I still remember my movements. Ding! Yeah, you got to do that arm in yes. just the right way. And it's got to come back <laughs> to your shoulder to stop like, the bell. Like... Like yes. Yes. Exactly. I'll take a picture of that so you can see with that Ding. that little snowman Ding. pen that. Uh, oh, oh, maybe not. He's Ding. dead. Ding. So <laughs> I mean, we would just put it was like fruit punch, and then they would put like Sprite with <coughs> fruit punch to like mix it up or Seven Up or whatever oh, God, was that available. That just sounds horrible. Ugh. I, I mean, it punch. wasn't terrible. And then they would add like fresh cut fruits in there and like make it pretty. So it was like sangria. Almost, without <laughs> any kind of alcohol. Right. And, um, you know, of course, we had a big old kitchen and all the older ladies, like my grandmother and all her friends. I remember this one, Mary Jew, Mary Jew, Mary Jo, Mary Jane, Mary something or other. They called her. I'm guessing her, it wasn't Mary Jew. No, it wasn't Mary Jew. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe she was Mary Jew. I don't know. Um. Anyway, she was very old and she always made disgusting food that had cat hair in it. Oh, like, yeah. She would bring stuff and to heat it in the oven and you always knew to stay away from like that yeah. dish. Like her particular items. Disgusting. Oh, God love her. So, these kids have never had any kind of introduction. I feel them. I understand. And now they're, like, completely obsessed with the story of Jesus. Yeah. I think also because they kind of relate in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, so, but we're going to back up for just a minute because they're talking about, like, all of these people that are calling mother and, you know, like, oh, my God, what... What is going on? You're letting the Herdmans be in charge? Boy, this is going to be awful for you. I'm so sorry. And maybe we should just let the Herdmans be in charge of handing out programs for the Christmas pageant. (laughs) They're like, we don't have programs. Well, maybe we should print them up so the Herdmans can hand them out. And then somebody took a geranium to Mrs. Armstrong in in her hospital bed still and she finds out and she finds out and she's like oh i just i blame myself because i wasn't there i feel so bad i'm personally responsible and then of course that just pissed mother off and Mm -hmm. she's like by god this is gonna be the best fucking christmas pageant ever she doesn't say fucking because it's not that kind of book but you can tell she's thinking it she stabbed a meat fork into the pot roast so Mm -hmm. you know she had some strong emotions so then the first rehearsal that is when the herdmans are like, wait, what's an inn? 
Who are the shepherds? What are they doing? Like, they didn't know anything about it. In the start of that chapter, somebody says they don't even know what a Bible is. True. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, they basically had to start at the beginning and tell the whole Jesus story, the whole Christmas story. And the herdmen were just, like, enthralled and they thought it was great, and they were super pissed off that they put Mary in a barn. They put a pregnant woman in a barn. Well, how come Joseph didn't say anything? He knew she was pregnant. Right, yeah. Like, they're they're like, what? Um, so, And let's they also see. wanted to know what, um, in a, what a manger was. Yep. And they they had, didn't even know what an inn was. Yes. So, they, they, they had to be in the swaddle. Yep, the swaddle. Uh-huh. They're, the funny part, though, they're talking about a manger. Um, what was the matter with Joseph that he didn't tell them? Her pregnant and anything and everything. What was that they laid the baby in, that manger? Is that like a bed? Why would they have a bed in the barn? And so mother says, what would you do if you had a, no ba no, a new baby and no bed to put the baby in? We put Gladys in a bureau drawer, Imogene volunteered. So they kind of are relating. Um, Another part where they talk about um waddle clothes and put in a free bo a feed box put her baby in a feed box and she says where was child welfare yeah right <laughs> yep so um wise men didn't impress them much either nope yeah no nobody really impressed them they were pretty mm -hmm. pissed off at herod they wanted to kick his ass and hang him and they wanted oh. to change the um what kind of kings bring these yeah these awful, awful gifts. gifts yeah oil yeah actually they were kings well it's about time imogene muttered maybe they'll tell the innkeeper where to get off and get the baby out of the barn what kind of cheap kings hands out oil as presents and then she says you get better gifts at the fire station yeah <laughs> And then they talk about how the firefighters had to, like, dig in the bag to make sure that they weren't getting any kind of, like, bows or arrows yeah, or any weapons. <laughs> <laughs> this book is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a quick read. It's so fun. Yep. So they wanted to know all about Herod. And um, they were pretty upset about him when they yeah. learned that, you know, he had basically put a hit out on baby Jesus. And yeah. Imogene is like, who wants to kill a baby? Right. <laughs> yeah. He just got born and already they're out to kill him. Mm -hmm. So they want to know all about him and blah, blah, blah. And um, they wanted to know who was going to be Herod in the play. <laughs> so they could beat him up. So they could beat him up, which I thought was great. That's wonderful. And the the narrator's like, you know, I, I was so surprised by that because I thought for sure they'd take Herod's side and... Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's when you start to kind of see a turnaround in the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. She becomes a like little she's bit starting softer. to see, you mm -hmm. know, that maybe they're not all bad. But I like the end of the, the chapter. It says, and they left the first rehearsal arguing about whether Joseph should have set fire to the inn or, or just chased the innkeeper into the next county. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're very direct at, at problem solving. <clears throat> Which there's no issues with that if everybody was, you know honest yeah. and upfront and direct yeah you wouldn't have to do it exactly so then they come home and it's funny because you know father wanted to hear all about the the rehearsal 
And mother says, well, just suppose you had never heard the Christmas story and didn't know anything about it. And then somebody told it to you. What would you think? And he said, he looked at her for a minute or two. And then he said, well, I guess I would think it was pretty disgraceful that they couldn't find any room for a pregnant woman except in the stable. And mm-hmm. the narrator was just amazed that her father was actually on Coming the, to the same, same side. Yep. Yeah, like... It didn't seem natural for the Herdmans to be on the right side of a thing. It would have made more sense for them to be on Herod's side. So she's kind of, you know, and and it and it honestly makes the mom think too. You know, she's like, it was perfectly disgraceful and I never thought about it much. You hear all about a, the nice warm stable with all the animals breathing and the sweet smelling hay, but that doesn't change the fact that they put Mary in a barn. Yeah. You know, so it really does kind of make you think, like, holy shit. Yeah. They stuck this poor pregnant woman that was, like, due to give birth at any minute. Just go out in the barn. Exactly. Sleep with the pig shit. It's fine. Yep. We don't care. Well, also, I mean, it had a lot to do with, I'm sure, you know, status and oh, race. Sure. Of and course, yeah. All that stuff. And so. I'm actually enjoying the wine. Don't look at me like that. I think it's merely... Well, I don't think I want to drink any more wine the way you I'm keep licking the bottle. I'm not going up to the top. She's just I'm only... slurping on this bottle, you guys. Every time she pours it, she like Stop. licks all down the it's side of the bottle. It's dripping, okay? I'm not mm-hmm. pouring it well yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, at this point, Alice has been like writing down all kinds of shit. Oh, I not, don't think, yeah, not yet. Not no. yet. So, first, the Herod... Uh, the Herods. The Herdmans actually go to the library yeah they didn't even know how to get a library card and they asked the narrator how to get a library card and she and they went to the library the dirty books and yeah the, behind the chain mm-hmm. and she's down like, in the there's, basement there's no way the librarian's gonna let them check one of those out mm-hmm. and i like how you know once they go to the library the librarian says you know I, I I can quit now or I can retire right. now. I've I've I think I've this is this is, I'm not gonna I've see seen anything everything. out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Because they asked to find books on Jesus. And Herod. Yeah. They wanted to know more about what happened to Herod. Yep. Yep. The librarian told my mother that she had been a librarian for thirty eight years and loved every minute of it because every day brought something new and different. But now she said, I might as well retire. When Imogene Herdman came in and said she wanted to read about Jesus. I knew I'd heard everything there was to hear. <laughs> it's it's really it's really sad how these townspeople are like, well, I can pack it in now. Yeah. The herdmans have found Jesus. Like yeah. it's yeah. over. I mean, are pigs flying? Yeah, you know, and I had that thought too. When I read that out loud, I kinda had that thought of like, wow, that's like, so sad. It like these people are just and I mean it. It, it sounds like it's pretty deserved, but, like, these kids are just, like, garbage. I yeah. mean, they are really just garbage in this town. Yep. So, the Herdmans at the next rehearsal want to rewrite the whole pageant and hang Herod for the finish. Um, they hated that he died in bed of old age. They found out that he killed all kinds of people and he was awful and, yeah. So, I thought that was funny. Um, everybody was thinking they'd get bored and leave the pageant, but they, they did what they were supposed to do. Except for Imogene. She was 
Well, she did what she needed to do on stage, but she was smoking cigars in the yeah. ladies' room. <laughs> yep. Every rehearsal, she'd be in the ladies' room smoking cigars. And at this point, Alice is This is been, where, yeah, yeah Alice she's, starts. No, she's already been, and this is where the narrator notices that she's, you know, writing mm-hmm. shit down. And she's like, if what your you mother doing? needs another Mary to take, if your mother needs a Mary to take Imogene's place, I'm happy to step in. Like... My mother is surely to be. Yeah. Um, what is she She's saying? She's writing down. Uh, let's see. Where is it at? Like doubly upset or something like that. It's something my grandma used to say. And when I read that part, I was like, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah, she's, like, writing down all of the bad stuff that the Herdmans are doing so that she can, you know, give the record to her mother and get the Herdmans kicked out so she can be Mary again. She's like, so-and-so snuck and drunk the communion wine three times, even though it's just grape juice. And they stole the the money out of the kindergartner's happy birthday bank. And Imogene's sitting in the bathroom smoking cigars every rehearsal and just, like, Writing it all down because she's a little narc tattletale bitch, basically, with a stick up her butt. Who thinks she's better than everybody? Amen. Yep. Gosh, I need to find that spot because, I mean, she didn't say it all that often, but let me see here. I think it's interesting <clears throat> that uh, Imogene, she, even in the rehearsals, she very much treats the baby which isn't a baby because you know all of the mothers who volunteered their babies to be in the christmas pageant refused to allow all to all withdrew her. their yes. awful offers when uh imogene was uh but miss perkins chosen. won't let imogene herdman get her hands on him the perkins baby would have been perfect for mm-hmm. baby jesus and they couldn't do it so yeah they they couldn't scratch. Mother called everybody she knew trying to scratch up a baby and couldn't do it. Um, so, and th- so Imogene's like, well, I can always just steal, steal one. There's always two or three babies in carriages outside the A&P supermarket. Which you can, can you imagine? Leaving your baby in front of the supermarket. Parking your baby in front of the supermarket and go shopping. The equivalent of tying your dog to the post out there. Like, bye. Be back in an hour. All right, Sparky, sit tight. (laughs) Like, oh my God. So they have to explain to her, like, no, you don't take babies, Imogene. You can't steal babies. (laughs) (coughs) So mom says, mother says they'll use a baby doll. And Imogene says, a baby doll can't bite you. Which just went to prove that Herdman started out mean right from the cradle. Yep. (laughs) So the narrator's mother is struggling to keep the pageant on track at this point. Like she's getting a lot of grief. And because, you know, so much shit is going on at this point, Alice has alerted her mother. And now the every the I mean, the phone tree has just exploded. Everybody is is aware of these awful things and so finally the minister comes down to the narrator's mother's house and i i mean she is just well we missed i'm sorry i totally skipped over the part where they're like they catch her smoking in the bathroom well yeah i mean there's the whole thing um and then the let's see the pies burn or the cake yeah no yeah that's the whole big thing um yeah, I think she kept hoping that they would do one great big sinful thing and her mother would say, well, that's that, and get on the telephone and have them thrown out. 
that's what Alice is thinking about at that point. The Herdman's when she's writing all these notes. So then they have the last rehearsal. This is when it really goes crazy. Yes. The last rehearsal. Correct. It's supposed to be the dress rehearsal. It's the same night that the ladies um, are working on the Ladies potluck. Aid Society or whatever are uh-huh. working on the potluck, which is going to be the next night. Yes. So the church kitchen is full of all these ladies cooking and, you know, counting silverware and all kinds of stuff. Um Set everything up and get it all ready to go. So were they working on applesauce? They were making cakes? applesauce cakes. Yes. I don't know what the fucking applesauce cake is. Can you I help me with that? I think they sound good. I don't know. That I'm, sounds weird. I'm, How do you make an applesauce cake? I'm, I mean, I'm genuinely confused. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to look it up. So they they they're making these cakes, and then Alice catches Imogene smoking in the restroom mm-hmm. and she tells the one woman who is cooking the applesauce cakes that <coughs> well some, no no what happens she, is she's a um, smoke and she yeah she goes into fire. the ba- one of the ladies aid people i thought it was alice no well no um so the the dress rehearsal is always starting off as you know, it's already kind of a disaster because yeah. angels forgot their wings and Hobie Carmichael forgot his robe. So they decide and... to take five, which then turns into 15. Yes. And so... Turns out the ladies' aides Imogene is the... smoking in the bathroom. Um, and we find out that Imogene's wearing these big gold hoop earrings and Gladys pierced her ears. Yes. Yikes. So the narrator, and the narrator says that I watched for six months after that for them to turn black and fall off. Yes. I was like, yes, <laughs> I, I completely understand that. Again, yes. kind of a thing that they did like anytime between the 20s and the 70s. Right. You yeah. just And even in the 80s. Put an ice cube on your ear, yeah. burn up a needle to sterilize it, and then just jab it right My through. My mom told me that her sister pierced her ears, and I was yeah. just like, weird. My mom pierced my belly button the first time. With a suture needle. Well, see, your mom's a doctor. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's fine. She has knowledge of certain anatomies. I think it would be okay. <laughs> Probably not my belly button, though. No. She's not a, that kind of yeah, doctor. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so, yes. Yeah, so then they take their break. And then Mrs. Homer McCarthy went to the bathroom and opened the door and smelled something funny and small, s- smelled smoke. No, smelled something funny and saw some smoke. And she ran right to the church office and called the fire department. So they were like in the middle of rehearsal and here comes the fire trucks. And it's a whole thing and they all had to go outside and mm-hmm. the firemen are trying to put out the fire that's not happening. And so it's a huge problem. Applesauce cakes are now destroyed. Yep. So. Yeah. Which is a funny. So then the pastor comes over to the house or the minister mm-hmm. comes over to the house and he's like, well, I don't really know what to believe here. I'm getting phone calls that, you know, they're the the kids are burning down the bathrooms. And mother's like, no, there was no fire there. There was sm- uh, cigar smoke in the bathroom. Uh, the fire was from the burned up applesauce, applesauce cake. cake. The potluck committee let their applesauce cake burn up. And then she goes on to explain everything else that he's saying. And honestly, at one point I was half expecting her to be like it's so unchristian of everybody to be like yeah 
We need to get rid of these kids. Right. Why aren't you letting them have a chance? Right. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so, yeah, you know, we get to the night of the... The pageant. Pageant. On the night of the pageant, we didn't have any supper because mother forgot to fix it. My father said that was all right. Between Mrs. Armstrong's telephone calls and the pageant rehearsals, he didn't expect supper anymore. <laughs> so, poor long-suffering dad couldn't haul his ass into the kitchen and cook his own dinner. Because, you know, 50s men didn't cook. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what time period is this? I don't know. I feel like it's more 50s than, like, 60s or 70s. But I don't know. But, um, so they start the pageant. Um, and then <clears throat> Mary and Joseph didn't come in right away. So they had a, they, they sing a couple verses of a little town of Bethlehem, Bethlehem, and then they hum and they just had to keep on humming. And humming is hard. Yeah. It sounded like an, it didn't sound like humming anymore, more like an old refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> so they come wandering in and they, they just kind of were. They look like the people you see on the 6 o'clock news. Refugees sent to wait in some strange, ugly place with all their boxes and sacks around them. Is what they say when the when the herdmans as Mary and Joseph finally come in, which is exactly what they were. Yeah. So, you know, they nailed it without even meaning to. Yes. Um, you know. So it's really kind of cool. They do a good job, but not intentionally right well i mean they don't do you know quote unquote a good job they're not what everybody's everybody is past. expecting yeah. but just by being them their natural selves they are doing a great job probably the truest mary and joseph that there has been exactly so um alice has the doll and she burps it before she puts it in the manger which is also a very real thing mm -hmm. um and, and gladys comes out um you know the the pageant continues and whatever everything's happening the shepherds come blah 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 then gladys comes out as the angel of the lord and she hollers hey unto you a child is born <laughs> So when I read that part, I read it the exact way that you just spoke it, mm -hmm. where it was kind of like choppy, but mm -hmm. loud and yeah. like she was just, yeah, I mean, it was just coming out. Yep. She was trying to do it as perfect as she can, as she could without messing it up. Yep. Yep. Because she did mess it up in the beginning when they, in one of the rehearsals mm -hmm. and they kind of corrected her. And they called it, she, she yelled Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> That's when she was learning what the angel was and what happened. Oh, bless you, Min Min. The cat's in the other chair. She's our honorary podcast member tonight. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. What you doing, kitty cat? Okay, focus. You're giving me the look. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, screw you, Mom. I don't care. So then the wise men come in. <clears throat> and this is, <laughs> this is another fantastic part. It is. Because they're supposed to be... Holding oil and yeah. frankincense, gold and frankincense and myrrh, but they're carrying something that looks awfully heavy. Yeah, they're big and they it, they didn't have their their golden myrrh. And <laughs> Leroy was carrying it; he almost dropped it. He didn't have his frankincense. And Alice, of course, <clears throat> being Alice, is like it's like it's something awful, like a like a burnt offering. 
So <laughs> what happened was they um, expose what it is. Mm-hmm. The the church gives away food baskets at Christmas time, and the Herdmans had brought in their Christmas ham that was gifted. To that them. was given to them in the food basket. And Alice says, "I bet they stole that." And that's when the narrator says, "No." It came from their food basket, and, and if, if they, they want to give it away, it, they can. Right? Yeah. So. So take that, Alice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. They they drop off the ham, and then instead of leaving the way they're supposed to, they just sit down and watch the rest of the pageant, which, you know, they're kind of like, well, they weren't supposed to do that, but what else could they do? Um, so, let's see. What else happens? And then, then is when they see um, that Imogene is, is crying. crying. Yeah, they look yeah. up and it says, I happened to look up at Imogene and I almost dropped my hymn book on a baby angel. Because <laughs> she's just sitting there crying. She's sitting with baby Jesus just sobbing. Crying and crying and crying. And that's it she's just crying and then that then they're like well it was the best christmas pageant we ever had everybody was standing up and cheering and afterwards um they said i don't know what was different but there was something different that made this better yeah and mrs armstrong helen you cunt was like well she mary had a black eye no, no, it, was, was it, that, was, it was it was alice's was mom. it alice's because mom? the apple doesn't fall far Ugh, from the tree both of those yeah cunts. Well, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a black eye, but that was something that was something special, but only what you might expect. And she didn't really have a black eye. It was just puffy because she had hit herself on a, on the corner of a, a shelf uh, or something. Yeah, or... the choir robe cabinet. Yeah. yeah. She was walking around in kind of a daze as if she had just caught on to the idea of God and the wonder of Christmas. Yes. Yep. So the book ends in a really nice fashion. Um, you know, basically all the kids had a come to jesus moment and is that what they call it kind of yeah yeah but usually a come to jesus moment is a more dramatic kind of like i mean you know, this was pretty dramatic well more like you know you almost die in a car crash so you and have a I come to jesus yeah, yeah you know you're you're an addict and you're at rock bottom and you have a come to jesus moment and you're this is this is quieter if that's the right term involving the herdmans but it's so it's, they, they had a yeah. come to jesus they had a they had a they had a spiritual awakening uh-huh. more than a come to Jesus moment. So that's what threw me at the end of the book. I mean, it's a really nice ending. It's it's great, and I like how it all comes together. Yeah, I mean, it, it's but I, again, I it's kind of soft and you know, kind of very religious. Yes, but not necessarily in a bad way. No, not in a bad way, but still, you know, like, just just these kids would continue to be heathens had they not found Jesus. Well, you know, they might still be heathens. We, we don't really ever find anything else out about what they do after the Christmas pageant. It ends at the Christmas pageant. I wanted to ask you, are there more books? I don't know. I don't I had think read so, but I don't know. There were other books but by that author, but I don't think it's like a series or a succession. More books about the like Herdmans? That. Oh my god. That would be amazing. I don't know. I didn't really Google that part. No. I didn't get that far. It's yeah. been a week. It's I mean, the week of Christmas, people. The, yeah, we got shit to do. Um, but, you know, it it does kind of, you know, we all hear, well, I guess except for Liz, we all <laughs> have heard the Christmas story and, you know, we all have that mental picture and, you know, you see the nativities of, 
you know, Mary in her blue gown and Joseph in his brown robe and beautiful blonde, blue-eyed baby Jesus laying in the manger and everyone like, oh, adore him. See, but, I grew up in Hialeah. You know, you know, Mary was still in her blue robe, but she was in a bathtub, essentially. Yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, half a bathtub buried in the ground. Yes. yes. Yeah, I've seen those. Um, but, so, but it, it, <clears throat> it really humanizes them in the same, you know, in the sense of, like, these were poor refugee people that were just stuck in a barn to get them out of the way, you know? Like, these were actual people. They're not this beautiful display you see at Christmas. So, so that was kind of cool. say that it works twofold, you know? It kind of helped the kids have some sort of guidance, but then also the adults and other children in the community have a little bit more acceptance for them as seeing them yeah, as, as more actual than, people, not just yes. these these hurricanes of destruction. Heathens. Yes. <clears throat> so, yep. And the herdmen would not take back the ham. They didn't want the candy. They didn't want the Bibles. They, um, they didn't take back the ham. So... It, and it's kind of cool at the end, the narrator's like, you know, Mary is always going to look like Imogene Herdman to me. Mm-hmm. And the wise men are always going to be Leroy and his brothers bearing ham. And Gladys is always going to, or the angel of the Lord is going to be Gladys with her skinny legs and her dirty le- dirty sneakers sticking out from under a, her robe, yelling at all of us everywhere. Hey, unto you a child is born! <laughs> so, I mean, I this is just... It's a good book. It's it is sweet. I, it's it is very sweet. sweet. Yes, I love the destructiveness of the herdmen's and just all the chaos and trouble they get into. Yes, I love the narrator talking about her parents and just kind of the very dry, yeah, sort of sense of of humor they have about it. And I I love that you know she kind of had her own little spiritual awakening there and and learned a little something about. It's good. You know, it's a good book. Yeah. If you got 30 minutes, pick it up. Well, I mean, if you're Liz, if you got three days. Yeah, if you got, if you got like five minutes every other day, pick it up. It's fine. It's an easy one to just, you know, dive right back into. It's a nice short one. It's good for the it's whole good. family to read. Anybody yeah. can read it. Anybody can read and, it. And do go on YouTube and you can actually watch the whole show. I might watch it. You I don't should. know. I'm feeling... I'm feeling like my my mental vision would be ruined by a show. You know how like when you when you see a movie and you've read the book and you're like, Ooh, the, yeah, the it's, book I mean, was it's, better. It's fairly close. I, it may be different <sighs> in like the particulars of the the herdman's awfulness. Like mm. I don't, it doesn't go as much into uh, Imogene 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 Imogene's backstory. Imama, her backstory. You know, with the blackmail and all that kind of stuff but you know alice See, is a treat to behold oh okay well then yeah it's actually really good i'll have to take a peek and i yeah i want to say that this week this will be our last episode of the year yep oh yay to us i know we made it through we made it three months of the year three months <laughs> <laughs> so um next year we are like so basically the reason we're ending before christmas is because number one shiloh is going to disney oh yeah and 
I did she that. had the audacity not to invite me. No, I'm just kidding. She totally invited <laughs> me, and I didn't say yes. So the lion, I only the witch and the audacity of that bitch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, have fun in, in oh hell yeah, yeah girl. And be sure to check out our Instagram for all three movies that I, Liz, picked out for next month. <laughs> and the book that Shiloh picked, which is actually kind of amazing for next month. It's going to be so good. You guys yeah. are going to be... I really, really want you to actually read this book before we talk about it. We'll announce it now. It's it's called Verity, with a V, V-E-R-I-T-Y, by Colleen Hoover. And it has got, like... A crazy ass twist that we're gonna spoil the shit out of because there's no way to talk about it without spoiling it so you really 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 should read it there's lots of sex in it it's a good book so just check that one out awesome so Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Happy New Year Happy New Year thanks for listening thanks for listening you guys are the best present ever oh but we didn't do our um cheers oh we got to do our cheers on the book just your bobs okay so how many how many cheers do you give this book? I'm gonna give it um, four cheers. I'm I'm right there with you. Four cheers! Yay! Easy read. Always a joy. I love it when it takes me three <laughs> days to read a book. And uh, I really felt like uh, it had a good story. It was just it overall, it was a it really was a nice book. Really nice, sweet story for the yes. Christmas season. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good one. And it was funny. And it was funny also. Yes. yes. And there was chaos, which is always a fun time. Exactly. Right. So we'll see you next year. Yeah. Happy holidays. Three shows in a book.